Thanks for checking in on another Richard Pyatt show and yet another of our Summit Point visits the Behavioral Health Authority in Calhoun County, Michigan. And if there's anything that we've been really trying to underscore with this series is uh, the notion that Summit Point monitors the needs, the behavioral health needs of the community and then responds as necessary. In fact, our focus today is the jail services program at Summit Point. And at the time of this recording, it is a relatively new program. So evidence of the notion that uh, Summit Point is consistently scanning the behavioral health needs of the community and then working to try and develop uh, ways to respond to those needs. Tanisha and Ashley are both with us today. Tanisha is a boundary spanner with the jail services program at Summit Point. And Ashley, you may remember from our recovery coaches discussion, and she is in that role now with the jail services program. Thanks to you both for this time. Thank you for having us. So, Tanisha, maybe we'll start with you. Uh, if you could just talk a little bit about what the goal of this program is. Yeah. So, it's been over a few years now um, that Calhoun County signed the Stepping Up Initiative, which is a national model, a national initiative. And the goal of that initiative is really to um, keep people who have severe and persistent mental illness out of the criminal justice system. So, that's the overarching goal. Um, I think recidivism for Calhoun County in particular is a major focus point. And then for the jail services team, our major goal is to connect people who are getting out of jail into services. And services could look different for each person. And so services could include substance abuse services, mental health services. At times, we're connecting people to services who are not in our county, which is not our target population. But we do want to, to ensure people are able to access services. And as a recovery coach, Ashley, does that suggest that your dedication to this program indicates that uh, substance abuse services and, and issues of recovery are more often noted in this population. Is that fair to say? Yeah, very fair to say. It's usually the rock bottom place that you wind up in your use that catches up to you. And um, without a program like this or without programming in the jail, it's just kind of a revolving door rather than truly getting the help that you need. Yeah. Tanisha, the the idea that uh, someone who might have these associated challenges that have brought them to the jail is a whole other level of, of complexity, isn't it? I mean, I mean uh, if somebody is in jail because of a, a substance abuse problem or a mental health issue, if you don't try and figure out what the path for them should be, they just keep coming back, or at least that potential is there, right? Correct. Um, that's been a major overarching goal is to connect to people while they're in jail so that they have a little bit of hope so that they are aware of what the resources are um, in the community. Um, and then we follow them for a time to ensure that they are effectively engaged. What is the typical path then, Tanisha, you see? It's someone that's already in jail, and somehow you've made a connection with law enforcement to try and assist them. They've alerted you that they're there? 
So we receive referrals in a multitude of different ways. Um, mainly, we have a screener called the Kessler 6. So it's a K6 screener. Um, it asks questions about mental health and it asks questions about um, substance abuse, but also asks questions like, are you homeless? And so that gives us a good indication of people who are in need and people who are presenting in jail with severe and persistent mental illness. That screener is completed at intake. So every person uh, receives that screener um, as soon as they are hitting the jail. So we um, collect those screeners on a daily basis and we're making contact with people throughout their court process or um, if there's a quick turnaround, we are trying to make contact with those people right away. Are those reliable? I mean, I'm trying to imagine what might be happening at a point of intake, right? Someone's, uh, as Ashley put it, uh, hitting rock bottom at that moment, right? They're, they're going into a lockup. They're, they're experiencing a, a number of different emotions, perhaps complicated by substance abuse or, or mental illness. And now you have to try and get the truth out of them, right? Yeah. So is that a complicated process, these intake uh, questions? The Kessler 6 in itself is not a complicated process. We also receive referrals from deputies who are who are completing those intakes. We receive referrals from um, what I call command staff. So our sergeants, our uh, higher staff in the, in the jail, we receive referrals from um, the jail mental health staff because we are not providers inside of the jail. Okay. Um, the jail contracts with Corizon for medical and mental health services. And so they have their own psychiatrist and their own um, therapist inside the jail who may also make referrals for um, connection to services. There is um, the jail diversion coordinator uh, through community corrections, um, who we spend a lot of time coordinating with. Um, and then the public defender's office just hired a social worker. And so we are working with all of the different systems for referrals. As you stated initially, our program is very new. So we are just building those relationships. And, um, and a lot of our referrals come through um, those different avenues within the jail. Yeah. Okay. So as they say, it takes a village, right? There's a coordinated effort and, and summit point uh, is not the first trying to determine whether or not someone needs services. There is a staff at the jail and in other places that's helping to coordinate that uh, decision and that uh, path for them. So that makes uh, perfect sense. You know, I, I like to ask in these visits uh, for, for folks to um, recount a success story that, uh, that you can call to mind. And it was interesting because before we started recording today, I mentioned that to Tanisha and Ashley, and I said, well, this program is uh, relatively new, so maybe there isn't uh, a success story you can point to. And actually, you both quickly said, no, there are success stories, which is really nice to hear, right? That uh, even though this is a relatively new program, you know the good it's already doing. Uh, but Ashley, you were kind enough to say, well, I'm a success story. And uh, those of you who, who listen to our Recovery Coach episode have heard a little bit of Ashley's story. But talk about it, if you would, Ashley, as it relates to the jail services program and, and why your story is an example of the good that you're trying to do. This is part of the reason why this program is so very important. I was put on pain medication in 2008 after having my daughter and was prescribed that for just about two years and immediately cut off of pain medication. I was addicted within 
I would say weeks of taking it. And so when I was cut off, I started buying them off the street. Mm-hmm. Slowly, my life um, began to unravel. I didn't pay for my tags to be renewed and insurance on my car. I got pulled over, wrote a ticket, didn't go to court. That was my first experience with going to jail was um, on a failure to appear. And so it was like a, it was like slaps, small slaps on the wrist. In 2000, the end of 2010, I was really involved with some really bad people. My house ended up getting raided. I ended up getting drug charges. And that was another experience of going to jail. But I also was released immediately without being provided any resources. Nobody really identified that there was a problem. It was my secret for people who didn't know me. Obviously, the people that knew me knew that there was a serious problem. I had lost my children in my addiction um, right after that arrest, actually. My addiction then just continued on. I didn't feel like I had very much to live for after my kids were taken. And I almost felt like that's what I deserved was I went through the court process and I was arrested again in 2014. The judge this time had identified that I had a problem (laughs) and put me in jail without a court date. So I sat in there for a little while. I wound up through my attorney and through the judge identifying that there was a problem getting on a court program called drug court, which was an amazing court program. I probably had six arrests in my seven, eight years of uh, using and none of those was there anyone that met with me and said, here is a place to go. And so I was very naive. I think it was just my upbringing, but I believed if you didn't have money, then you couldn't go to treatment. If you didn't have insurance, you couldn't go to treatment. I was completely unaware and naive about how the system could work to help somebody. I just thought, okay, this is what it's going to be. In the lifestyle I was living, I couldn't get out of it on my own either. So this jail program is super important and um, hits really, it, it hits home to me. That last time of going to jail is when I wanted change. I I just, I could not live like that anymore. There wasn't anyone in that case that met with me in the jail. Obviously, the the court system did its thing with me and it it worked out for the best. But I can just think and wonder what it would have been like in all of those circumstances had I met with somebody and said, you know, I'm in an abusive relationship and then provide me a resource to get away. Or yeah, I'm a, I'm a full-blown addict. You do wonder, would it, would it change things? And so that's my driving force really in the role that I play today is just to really be thorough, to connect with people, to share experience, but also provide hope. And I know a lot of the people that are in the using or recovery community. So that helps. I know we were talking about referrals. There might be people that might not identify anything on on the K6, but I know them. And so it's very different when you sit down with someone and you say, yeah, I was in that cell right there. It really allows them to just let their guard down and not be afraid to talk about what's really going on. Boy, when you told that story in our recovery coach episode, I was taken aback and, and I've heard the story and I'm still taken aback. I'm hearing it again, but listen to that folks. This is someone 
who could be classified, I suppose, as just like us, right? Uh, Ashley was living her life, raising her children, going to work, so on. This one issue happens, an exposure to a prescribed medication, and then you become exposed to this slippery slope that changed your life. But now uh, you are the success story, right? Here you are. And not only are you back, but you're um, focused on folks who are going through something similar and providing what seems to be a bridge across what was previously this big chasm that folks could just fall into like you did. You climbed out and you now you're holding folks up. It's an incredible story. Thank you. So this is the uh, this is the goal, right, Tanisha? This is the the um, process that we'd like to try and follow with this program to interject, recognize what someone needs, and drive them on a path that would help avoid a prolonged situation like Ashley describes. Is that fair? That is exactly what we're intending to do and what we have been doing and what we plan to continue to do. And you can read more about all of that on the Summit Point website. In fact, uh, we'll link that in the show notes for this episode. We'll link Ashley's original episode too, so you can click through and and hear uh, more about her recovery coach perspective too and uh, the the recovery uh, process that is so important when someone can relate like they can. Thanks to you both and congratulations on this program. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you.